you know when you're uh, at weddings how there's always a um and actually any event but this just happens to be weddings there's always somebody that's a little bit more screechy uh, somebody that during the day the alcohol gets plied a little bit more and they you know they scream and screech and do you know that guest mm-hmm. and it's usually mad auntie sue isn't it mm-hmm. everybody has a mad auntie sue yeah i had a mad auntie sue well an auntie sue do you remember a time when uh, when people were just you, did, you weren't allowed to call adults by their first name they had to be aunties yeah. it might be just a british thing oh uh, i don't know i saw my auntie nancy this weekend for the first time in a long time uh, auntie who nancy i think it said auntie dancy <laughs> <laughs> There's a great auntie name, Auntie Nancy. Auntie Nancy. Is she a real auntie or is yeah, she? Yeah, kind of. She was. Oh, no, I don't mean like like that. No, that, no, that she was auntie my... as in dad's dad's um, friend, kind of. No, wife. no, no. She's she's my dad's <laughs> brother's second wife. Right. Yeah. Okay. So yeah, technically. Um, right. But she's American, although yeah, yeah. she lives in Pool, and we <laughs> see her very infrequently. And uh, I still call her Auntie Nancy. Do you? Yeah, oh, and right. I think it's kind of expect that I think in America that it's a thing, and so she's is it American. in America as I well? So. Guys, let, let us know. Do you call? Do you, as a child, do you have to call them auntie if they're yeah. Uh, certainly in in, um, in 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 some continents, auntie is a is a form of reverence, isn't it? For a oh, mother, certainly. You, oh, you mother, mother, yeah, mother, yeah, mother, yeah, definitely yeah, yeah, in yeah, Africa, yeah. mother, mother, yeah, yeah. yeah. I yeah. still, I still like, I, I still kind of get Jammer to call me husband, Kev. <laughs> well, anyway, I was at this wedding over the weekend, and um, and there was a there was a particular guest, and she was screeching. Um, she, um, she was really two sheets to the wind, yeah. gone, gone, yeah. absolutely. So much so that at one stage, even the groom said, "Have you got a picture of of Mad Auntie Sue or whatever her name was?" I said, "Yeah, I've, I've got quite a few actually. She's featuring in, in quite a few in quite a few pictures." So I, I I was recording a photo film that day. So I've got lots of um. I honestly, as I was going through the audio the morning after the wedding, and I was sitting at the breakfast bar and just downloading wed- uh, the, the wedding audio from the day day prior. Sam um said, uh, "Who is that?" In <laughs> said, "Well, that's." That's Mad Auntie Sue, that is. <laughs> and she's all the way through all the regular speeches. She's through everything. Just audio picked up during the day occasionally. So um, I thought she sounded like a squawking bird, really. Well, Sam said that as well. She could be a squawking bird. So I thought this morning, for your pleasure, we're, um, we're, we're going to play a special game. It's called Wedding Guest or Squawking Bird. <laughs> Are you ready? Yeah. I've got one, two, three, four, five, okay? You have to guess whether it's a wedding guest or a squawking bird. Now, I thought it would be a bit easy if it didn't, if the squawking birds just had uh, a background bird song or anything. So I've, I've cleverly put the wedding in the background of every single example so there's just people talking or whatever right. so you can't tell right. by the background whether right. it's a bird or a guest right. are you ready for the first one? yeah here it comes bird you're right yeah oh, I've got to give you the correct sound hey <laughs> okay next one here we go that's a that's an anti-sue are you sure? does it sound like a chicken? No, that's an Auntie Sue. Do you think so? Yeah. Yay! <laughs> Next one. That's an Auntie Sue. You're very good at this game. <laughs> <laughs> Next one. This one. Oh, no, that's a tricky one. Yeah. That sounds more like a monkey. A I, monkey? I'm going to go for a bird. You're going to go for a bird? Yeah. Yeah. It's a red-legged something or other. Hey. Yeah, correct. Look at this. 
Right. Four out of four. Four out of four. Do I get? Do I win a car or something if I get an extra? You right? can have a questions of the lifeblood of the show coaster. I've got one. Oh, you got one already. <laughs> you can have a mug. Oh, you got one of those as well. Okay. Last one. Let's see how you go. Yeah, that's an anti-Sue. It has to be. Can I listen to it again? Yeah. Yeah, I think that's anti-Sue. Well. Oh, no way! <laughs> it's a Western screech owl. Oh. oh, my God. I feel like the person has rung in for the Guess the Voice competition and... It's got up to £175,000. fell at the very last one. Yeah. Oh, I'm sorry about that. Oh. So all those prizes, the car, the powerboat. Uh, no, I'm going home. The Fujicast. Well, I had a lot of fun making that. I should have been doing some work when I was making that. <laughs> it took me about an hour to make that quiz. <laughs> it's I taken want me you, a month. <laughs> I wanted you to know, by the way, we do put a lot of thought into this show. Yeah, we do. <laughs> uh, right, welcome to the show. Uh, thank you to our friends at Simpler Straps for letting us give away a simpler camera strap each to our favourite email questions of the week. Great thing about Simpler is that they're proportioned and made for uh, cameras that we use. Pro-grade cameras, uh, max function, minimal bulk, quick adjusting, non-metal hardware that won't scratch your camera and glass. Unless you are Kevin Mullins, of course, who has no dividers in his bag. It doesn't matter what you do, you're always going to have scratches. Yeah. Go to simpler.us to see what these things look like. S-I-M-P-L-R dot U-S. Your questions, anything Fujifilm or photography related, technical, artistic, business, personal. Uh, we love your questions. They are the lifeblood of the show. <laughs> Click at fujicast.co.uk. Uh, there will be a self-indulgent minute. I don't think we're going to be doing that for next week for a couple of weeks because um, uh, we've got the special shows coming from uh, from Espana. So, uh, Las Fujicast. Three, three weeks, I think, of uh, Las, Las Fujicast. Mm. Um, so um, the show will change slightly over those those three weeks. So, um, questions. Um, oh, you, you're on your paperless system, mm. so I have to press the paperless button for you there. There we go. Do you want to go first, or shall I go first? Uh, you go first. Um, this one is from Karen Malkin. Hello, guys. Love your work and podcast, especially Kevin's voice. Oh. There we go. Love my work, but your voice. No, well, that's a first, because normally it's the other way around. <laughs> yeah, you're all about the work. Um, I've been using a Sony a7 pair with a 50mm 1.8 for street photography for a bit less than a year, and I'm finding the 50 to be a bit too long for my taste, so instead of buying the crazy expensive Zeiss 35mm um, 2.8, I'm thinking of switching to Fujifilm X-T1 paired with a Fujinon 23mm F2 as a gateway to the Fuji system. What do you guys think? Sounds good. Yeah, it does sound good. Uh, I mean, it's good it, entry. Yeah, good, good price mm. um, point on that one. What would you, what would, would you get an XT one with a twenty three four money wise? Do you think, roughly speaking? I mean, it depends on the condition and all that kind of stuff. But yeah, I mean, I'm guessing. Is it twenty three one point four f two? Twenty three f two. I mean, those the twenty three f two new. I think is a, something like three nine nine, maybe uh, XT one. Would have to be second hand, a couple yeah. of hundred, yeah, three, get... three, four hundred. I don't know. I really don't know. You're, you're, well, I would you're, say probably you're come out with a lot of change compared to what you would yeah, have spent. Absolutely. For. I mean, I, let me look up what a Zeiss thirty-five mil lens is. But while I'm doing that, is that is that the perfect gateway? Do you think for your street photography? What, well, what would you be doing? Yeah, I mean, I, I never really consider the XT cameras as street photography cameras. Why? Oh, they're just a bit bigger, and they've got the prism and the bulk and everything. I, I, 
street photography, when I shoot for street photography, I invariably use my X100, X70, mm. X Pro perhaps. Um, and yeah, I just think they're a little more discreet, really. But saying that, I know, you know, if you're left eyed or uh, you don't have a, a weird nose like me that keeps moving things around <laughs> on the LCT, then, then XT is fine. Um, they are very good cameras, obviously. I just think from a street photography perspective, then. Uh, you know the the problem is, and X Pro One. It depends on the price bracket. You know how much is in the budget. But X Pro One, if you were to go for an X Pro One, that's a very slow camera compared to today's models. Mm. Um, whereas XT One was was always a bit quicker in in focusing and stuff. Yeah. I don't know. Maybe. Yeah. I'd, oh, I don't know. I, I would. I, I'm an X. See, I'd be X One Hundred. Yeah. But at the same time, then you don't have the interchangeable lenses and. It, what, what about buying um, Giles has just started using his uh, my mate Giles has just started using the X-Pro1 with a 27mm lens yeah loves it yeah and I some love of the, the X, uh, I, I love s- the 27mm lens I saw the printing that he um, that he's been that he's achieved off the um, off using that lens mm. uh, he's got some beautiful huge prints and uh, absolutely stunning amazing amazing work mm. I've lost my 27 I've lost two of them now well, yeah, it's only it's tiny. It's like a twenty-seven mil is, yeah. is the perfect pancake, isn't it? Really? Yeah, yeah, yeah. That Zeiss lens, by the way, is six hundred and fifty pounds. So okay. perhaps I was doing a disservice by thinking it was going to go well into the uh, yeah, yeah, yeah. the one thousand pound mark there. But uh, so you wouldn't be going for the XT one. Maybe be looking for an X, uh, an old X Pro one, maybe instead. X-Pro Although two, get a, get a, X Pro two, get a refurb X Pro two. Yeah, oh, that's a good idea. And then pair that with a twenty-three F two. Mm. Yeah, perfect. Yeah. As he's so keen on the right, there we go. There's, I'm sure you could do that for under a thousand. There's your answer, Karen. Go to the uh, if Karen's in the UK, go to the Fujifilm UK um, refurb store. Yeah, and they have some good stuff on there. I'm not sure where Karen is, but uh, there we go. Uh, so um, your question then, Kev. Okay, I've got a question from Corey Smith. Uh, huge fan of the podcast. Uh, always looking forward to it, etc., etc., etc. Blah blah blah. Uh, thanks for the knowledge. The, well, thanks for the knowledge nukes. I like that knowledge nukes and awesome YouTube videos <laughs> on Fuji related topics. Uh, it helps me a lot. I recently switched over to the XT3 about two months ago and shoot primarily in aperture priority mode. When using the auto ISO modes with my ISO minimum set at to 160, I've been noticing that my images uh, are uh, the ISO will not go any lower than 320, even on images in extremely well lit areas. Am I doing something wrong? I know 320 is a good ISO level, but I'm curious why it won't go be, uh, go to 160. Your help would be very much appreciated. Mm, now I've noticed this. Yeah, that will be the dynamic range setting, I mm. would imagine. If dynamic range is set to 200, then it will be your minimum ISO. I think 400 brings the minimum ISO to 800. Uh, sorry, 400% ISO, uh, dynamic range is four. Is so the only way you're going to get ISO. this is by having it on auto dynamic range? 100. Put it on 100%. Oh, 100%. 100%. Right. 100% is... So dynamic range in well, the Fujifilm cameras Actually, I've got is, mine set to 100, and sometimes I can't get that ISO down. Really? Hmm. Mm, you might have... Um, um, some other stuff going on there. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> Maybe I should check the dynamic range. Setting. Yeah, I think so. That's you might. Uh, there might be some other um, things that affect it. This is XT three. Did he say XT? Yeah, it was XT three. There might be some of the other newer features like 
flicker reduction and things like that might affect it. Yeah, see, I have flicker reduction on. Mm, I've noticed might. of late some venues have, have bought some dead cheap bulbs or something or doing something because n- none of these frequencies match mm. match what I'm trying to do with shutter speed. God only knows where really they're buying expen- this stuff. They're buying the expensive stuff. Are they? Because the, the lower frequency um, lights that are really low power yeah. power, power consumptors, consumptors are much more expensive but oh. cause havoc. For, right. for photography and videography especially they do I just yeah. just go to Poundland buy your buy your bulbs from Poundland like yeah guys. kill the trees alright <laughs> <laughs> oh, okay sorry about that um, so I reckon anyway Corey I reckon it's to do with your dynamic range setting check that 100% is effectively off uh, by mm. the way the reason why it's percentages is percentage of your exposure so 100% of one is one yes yeah. I, asked, so I, I, I had asked this somebody, question before I had yeah. somebody at a workshop the other day and he said <laughs> what did they say he said eight eight <laughs> it really Panic See, there's, it's that thing about putting being put on the spot when you're. Uh, I yeah. went to the. Um, uh, we, we went uh, last week. We went to the parents uh, because you're in the same situation as us. With you've got Rosa going, we've got our Jack going to mm. secondary school next year. Yeah. But so part of that is the parents will go to this um, this evening mm. where you listen for an hour, hour and a half, whatever it is, to 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 to, to form tutors and year tutors and the headmaster, or the headmistress in our, in our case. And uh, they were asking some questions. And I was thinking, oh, my God, I feel like I'm back in school. Please don't ask me a question. I'm just going to go into mild panic mode and get everything <laughs> blindingly wrong, including easy mathematics questions. Um, Dominique Martel. Hello, I've been listening to your podcast. I love it. I'd like to know how you store your images. Now, we have had a question like this before, but um, I'm not expecting you to listen to every single episode. Do you use a NAS or external drive? Do you have multiple catalogues for all your photos for the many years you've been shooting? I know that the ideal solution would be NAS, but it costs a lot of money. And most of the time I use Lightroom connected via Wi-Fi. So that's not good for NAS. I've tried to connect via drives located downstairs, but performance uh, not that good. It took a long time for the pictures to load. Um, I'm using a two terabyte external drive, but it's almost full. So I may purchase a bigger drive, but I'm thinking I might need to split my Lightroom catalog into several catalogs at some point in the future. Wow. Um, how, how are you configured? What do you recommend? NAS, external drive, one catalog or several catalogs? How do you do it? I've got my way of working. You've got yours. I mean, I, I, I haven't got a NAS at the moment. I have been thinking about a NAS. And one of the reasons I'm thinking about a NAS is actually having that opportunity to have uh, Windows and Apple computers on the same network. That would make sense for me. As I Can't you do that? You don't need don't NAS you, for that, do you? You can't do that with Why external because you, you're separating the... the oh, somebody tell me. You, you can just share the drive, surely. Or, or you could just use something like Dropbox as the, as the conduit. Mm, yeah, doesn't Google, that slow Google the Drive. whole thing down, though, doesn't it? Hmm. Oh, I suppose well, if, you stick an Ethernet, your, if you stick an actually, Ethernet cable between Because I use Google computers. Drive, so I could just go and fetch back the files I want, but that would take time for download. Well, it depends what... Time. I mean, I, I, uh, it depends what you're... I don't know. I mean, I, I do think people kind of overcomplicate this stuff. I don't have a NAS. I have... Um, I have a... I've just bought a 10... A two ten terabytes. Oh, did you buy that that one that you sent me, which I meant to buy last week? I bet it's not yeah. any special offer now, is it? Might be. I don't oh. know. But anyway, two. I bought a two ten. T- that's not easy to say, you know. Two ten terabytes. Two ten terabytes. Two ten terabyte drives, mm. and um, they're not raided or anything like that. You can get raid versions of them, but they're two ten terabyte drives. I just like saying <laughs> yeah, it. Two ten terabyte drives. It's like Alvi Dubsey and Phil Foden, who's the uh, Man City player. <laughs> 
He just walks around the house going, <laughs> Phil, Phil Foden. It's like a jingle. He loves, Phil Foden. He just loves the way it sounds. I'm going to look um, up that, um, that, that drive that you sent to me. So anyway, I've got two 10 terabyte drives. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> and um, uh, most of my, all of my non-pictures, all yeah. my business element of stuff, everything, all my marketing, all my email, everything is on Dropbox. Yep. So that's a three terabyte solution, Dropbox. Yep. I don't know, I might pay £7.99 a month or something. That just goes on there, and I love Dropbox. It's perfect. Uh, everything else, so from a wedding point of view and a job point of view, I do one catalogue per event, job, right. wedding, whatever you want to call it. And when it's all done and dusted and everybody's happy and... Um, uh, you know, oh, it's gone up in price. Everybody's... Uh, yeah, it has gone up in price. That's still pretty good going, though. So a WD MyBook 10, 10 terabyte, ter- 10 terabyte uh, MyBook drive. 10 terabyte desktop hard drive uh, on Amazon in the UK, £207. Yeah. As, as I'm reading this, it might have changed Last again. week. What did I say it was? £150 well, or something. £150? Oh, yeah. word. It was £100 off, so it was £156, yeah. So two, two, I've got two 10 terabyte drives. <laughs> <laughs> and... Um, they, they, I use um, a shadow copy piece of software, so mm-hmm. one of them is redundant. So one of them is a duplicate of the other. Yeah. And that's where all my kind of wedding work and everything goes to and, you know, all my YouTube videos and all that stuff. But when everything – so when, once the job is done and dusted and the album's completed and, you know, every six months or so I'll do this, I'll go in, I'll zip up, like, let's just say, I don't know, I might go to October last year and I'll just zip up the whole of October last year into one zip file mm-hmm. and that gets dropped onto another older um, hard drive mm-hmm. which I think is like four terabytes and that just sits in my, my um, Do you have a spare one of those? No because once they're done they're done Yeah but what if what if that drive ever broke down and you wanted to look back at this amazing wedding you had Have you ever ago? done that in your 15 years? Uh, yeah Have you? Hmm. Well then I'll come around your house and look at some of your pictures <laughs> <laughs> What about catalogs? No, so so, but the the other thing is, yeah. So that was the point. So each wedding on each job is is an individual catalog. Yes. So they all get they all disappear. So those that those ten terabyte drives never get filled. And up. where do you keep those catalogs? Uh, I keep what the live ones, so ones I'm working on currently, yeah. and ones that are um, probably for the last six months or We're so. Talking about Lightroom catalogs, are on just my be... internal SSD right. on my computer. Right. Okay. That in turn yeah. is duplicated to an internal mechanical drive on my computer and do you make smart previews uh if i'm traveling so yeah. i'll use smart previews if i'm traveling and I'll use my so Microsoft you don't, don't make smart um previews as not, a matter not of, as a not as a matter of matter okay. principle i just find it speeds the whole thing up if i disconnect the drive and use smart previews i don't disconnect the drive though oh, right, I, okay. i'm doing it all in the studio if i'm traveling i will yeah right. but but then um uh, all of the jobs once everything's done I, I export a high-res JPEGs and I have one master Lightroom catalogue that's always online yeah. so I have access to all of my pictures in that respect yeah. but not things like pictures that I never edited and stuff like that they, mm. they, they just sit in that I, I have a stack of them in my in my studio spare room uh, and and that's it. I'm not. So, so you're not using lots of meta. I don't. I'm not worried. Tags or no. I don't. People use NAS and uh, you know that people. I actually have a static IP address in my studio, mm. so I could connect to it externally if I wish to. It's mm. very easy. You do not need uh, techy. You know, you do not need a network attached storage system to be able to access a hard drive externally mm. from the internet. You don't need all of that stuff. You no. can. It's simpler, but you don't need it. You 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 do you could you do it via a static IP address. Um, however, um, 
I don't want to. <laughs> I don't want to access it. I, you know, I'm like, I, I don't know why. I don't. Well, that's if I'm working. Week. I'm in working. That's from next week. There we go. Oh. I believe that's an airline sound. That makes me nervous as hell. That does noise. It? Yeah. Why does that make you nervous? I don't know. Uh, because I used to be a terrible flyer. So usually this is. Oh no, turbulence! Yeah, is on its way. Absolutely, yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> and did you know that you know when you you take off yeah. and um, he does the uh, after about two thousand feet they do the bing and that's to yeah, that's to release the no 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 that's that you have a, a single bing mm. right you have a single oh, don't bing. tell me something I don't want to hear now no no it's a good thing you have a single bing I just got over from watching Sully the other night and. Uh, and the when they when the second bing happens, which is usually at about four thousand feet, that's to release the uh, the What's cabin the crew. First bing? So the first bing is to tell the cabin crew that takeoff was successful. Well, that's nice to know. If the first bing <laughs> is two short bings, right. then it won't success. It wasn't so the successful. First, if it's that's a bad thing. No, because that's not a bing. That's not a communication with What's the cabin the crew. That's a that's somebody pressing the the seat thing, Majiggy. Well, or if I press or it twice quickly. Yeah, that, my, heart, my heart's going like a like a parrot. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. So one bing is one bing's good. We're cool. Two quick bings. Two quick single bings. <laughs> ding ding. Yeah. Seconds out. <laughs> yeah, that's it. Oh, no, yeah. That's three bings. No, that's no good. Yeah, yeah. Oh, that's no good. That's at more all. like a train. Right. Okay. Um, <laughs> and yeah. So that was saying, come on, stop doing sound effects. Yeah. Not a radio show. No, I know. Yeah, don't have fun. Don't have fun. Don't yeah. do any innuendo. <laughs> Um, yeah, so that's my answer. Basically, I don't, I don't want, I don't need to, I don't need to connect to them, mm-hmm. and um, everything is stored and secured, and all of my the the JPEGs from each job once they once the JPEGs are ex, uh, ed, completed and exported to the clients, they also are in the cloud, right. um, Zenfolio wise. So everything's safe and secure, and yeah. you know I've got redundancy there, but I I don't personally need to have access to this stuff. Yeah, I, um, funnily enough, I, I keep, because I use the Google Drive system, which I love, um, you, you're a Dropbox man, aren't you? Yeah. Well, I, I do use same, Dropbox. Same but principle, I, yeah. yeah. But, I, but, uh, but I'm mainly invested in Google Drive now. I'm figuring if something goes wrong with Google, then we're all stuffed. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah, you're right. Dropbox, is, <laughs> Dropbox are more likely to drop than Google are. And when I think that's unlikely in itself yeah. as well. Yeah. But um, I keep the, um, I keep a local, uh, I keep uh, the Google one that I use is one that has a, uh, you, you're able to store local files as well as in the cloud. So um, on on my laptop, that is, and I, I keep all my um, catalogs, wedding catalogs, on Google Drive. Mm. And I use smart previews only, and I find that speeds the whole process yeah. up. Yeah. With, um, so yeah. I just disconnect my drives, and I... I I edit off the smart previews. Yeah, I mean that will speed things up, and I, and that's exactly so. When I um, when I go away, and if I if I still have edits to do, then I will I'll, I'll work in the same principle. I create smart previews, mm. and I'll work off those on my laptop, which is much much quicker, mm. and then just reconnect. Right, your question, Daisuke Hirabayashi. Yeah, that's it, Daisuke Hirabayashi. Yeah, cool. Think so? Yeah, uh, who happens to be an architect, photographer, yeah, and master yeah. of architecture archaeology architecture no, no, arch- probably architecture, yeah. architecture yeah. at harvard university my word dasuki uh, from harvard i feel honored that you've even written in for mm. us to get your name blindingly wrong probably uh, yeah absolutely and now now based in basel in switzerland mm. nice i have too many photos on my computer and edited and keep telling myself that i'll get to it when i have some time in the meantime i keep photo- uh, keep photographing since i much prefer being out on the streets rather than sitting in front of my computer 
that's not how you become a master of architecture though is it (laughs) (laughs) Um, but leads to accumulating even more unedited photos editing is so important knowing what you have and looking back at your work do you have a daily or weekly schedule of when you edit your personal photos okay so personal is the key thing here work and family leaves little time to sit in front of Lightroom what a good idea by the way that is oh and he says best dice pronounced like dice Dice, yeah daisuke dice yeah so dice is obviously his shorter name of daisuke so dice yeah so how do you do what do you do um personal pictures but, do you know I'm, I'm dreadful with personal pictures editing them I have a file and I stick them all in there and occasionally I think I must look at that file sometime like the plumber who doesn't fix his own pipes <laughs> you're much much better at editing family stuff as you go along you have been you have, you're very much the um, uh, well you're the document you're the documenter aren't you I'm only good at it because I used to be really bad at it and pretty much the same thing as you. Just used to dump every picture I took yeah. into a Lightroom catalog, a personal Lightroom catalog. But now what I do, I use a 256 gig memory card, and mm-hmm. uh, yeah, and that that's essentially my personal card. Mostly, it sits in my X70 these days. So you remember to take it out of one camera, put it in another. Yeah, but I only yeah I do, uh, yeah. but I, I'm infrequently flipping between cameras these days. So that just sits in there, and it uh, accumulates images over periods of time and i will i will literally put that memory card into photo mechanic and i will go through and select them as i was selecting for a wedding and then those ones that i select will go into lightroom and then the card is reformatted so how do you work with your lightroom catalog and adding extra images from recurring shoots in lightroom into a catalog because sometimes it can be a bit twitchy doing things like that how, how, how do you mean I don't well, when you're adding extra images into, um, so you, you've got a big folder of pictures. Yeah. Kev's family. Yeah. Uh, you've shot 50 last Sunday. Yeah. 50 tomorrow, 50 next week, and you're adding them in. Well, what happens in the uh, in the catalogue with uh, with Lightroom? Just you can continue just adding them, or do you make new catalogues for each shoot? No, just so I've got one big catalogue oh, for just, my personal stuff. I just, have right. the library. The library is segmented by years mm-hmm. and then months. Right. Um, so. At the end of August, I will dump all of our August pictures. I will select them in Photo Mechanic, mm-hmm. so only the ones I want to keep yeah, will yeah. go into yeah. August 2019. Yeah. Uh, and that's it. It's pretty okay. simple, isn't right. it? Yeah, I may, I, I've complicated mine then. But the thing is, I, the hard thing... I'm trying, I'm, the try, personal, I'm trying to put sort of um, summer, autumn... Yeah, I mean, that, 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 you know, I'm not going down the route of catchwording. Oh, catchwording. Meta tagging, key, key phrasing, key and all that stuff. Um, See, our friend Paul Rogers is brilliant at that. If, yeah. if you said to him, yeah, because he used to be a journo, so yeah, I, that's true. See, if you said to him, I need uh, a picture of somebody in a red dress holding a pint of Guinness, he'd probably be able to find it. Yeah, good for him. <laughs> <laughs> um, <laughs> I think that's pretty darn impressive, yeah, actually. Yeah, it is impressive. Yeah, absolutely. it's just above your pay grade, but yeah, quite. <laughs> Uh, the the problem with the personal stuff though is it's hard to delete pictures. Yeah. So and it's the same on our phones. I do a similar thing on my phone. So for example, if I've taken, I don't know, let's just say the kids are in the park and I've taken twenty pictures on my phone, mm-hmm. um, of which a vast majority of them are not going to be very good or are not really ones that I would ever consider doing anything with. Mm. So I use Lightroom on my phone. I upload to Lightroom right. uh, the two pictures um, that I want to keep. Yeah, and you use it then. And then I delete all the pictures off my phone. Oh. So otherwise, you've just got clutter. And yeah. and they're pictures you'll never... What's the point in having a really good picture of, of Jack and Thomas doing something surrounded yeah. by 20 
blurry out of focus pictures and just not deleting them because oh well it's jack and thomas mm. that lightroom app by the way is fantastic great isn't it yeah I really like it. Uh, One more question, then it's into the interview for this week. Hey, Kevin and Neil, I'm loving the show. Since I discovered the money a couple of weeks ago, I've listened to every episode, some more than once. You poor thing, you. There's (laughs) got to be some sort of treatment for this. The wedding photography market has changed massively over the past few years. Now, we were only talking about this a little bit earlier on. Mm. It's probably changed since then as well. (laughs) (laughs) If you didn't have your training and workshop businesses... How would you stay profitable and current in today's market of everything that's heavily filtered, orange-coloured presets, flower crowns, smoke bombs, do-do-do? Do you think there are enough wedding clients still around who want really good photography without all the current awesome stuff? I might just... Uh, yeah. <laughs> Ali, that's from Ali Stewart. Um, awesome is a word that um, that I, you know, I, I find myself trying, trying not to use. Um, uh, our, our son's um, form tutor of that meeting we went to was using the word awesome and I thought oh my god please don't start teaching him that but um, there we go that's just a it's, it's a pet project of mine actually that the way we were talking about the presidency President M- uh, Mullins last week could that be one of your dictates please if you could ban the word awesome mm. overused and smashed the, it and smashed it for the wrong things smashed it smashed that wedding did you did you smash it um yes the industry has changed massively and um you know you have to change too and pff, there are still plenty of people who um plod along and still make a lot, lot of money and you know do everything mm. they need to do mm. i personally myself i found it harder this year especially although next year is looking a bit more buoyant to I don't know, convert, convert's not really the word, but, but like the inquiries are down, um, even venues. I spoke to a couple, a wedding couple, client of mine, who said that their wedding venue, and I'm not going to mention any names, advised their, advised them when they were looking at the wedding venue. Yeah. Uh, because, you know, they were like, oh, it's quite expensive, this wedding venue. And the wedding venue said, well, don't forget, you don't really need a photographer anymore because all, no all of the cameras and oh. the phones, all your guests are going to have p- cameras and they're just as good. Most of them just run around taking snaps. Um, and if that's a message, because we know that the venues are closing, uh, there's a lot of stuff going on in the world of the venues. The laws are changing so people can get married in their own back garden soon. Yeah. And so things will be dramatically problematic about, for venues. about two years away, isn't it, that, that, yeah. that you're going to be able to get – you'll be able to get a special marriage licence. Yeah, you'll be able to get married anywhere. You, mm. The registrars – you'll still need registrars, but they'll, they'll – I wonder if the registrars will do some sort of um, a cohort deal with, with venues and say, well, we'll, we'll only – Will only en- enable so many weddings at a garden if, if venue. If it's a law, that's it's law, yeah. isn't it? That's the whole point. But that would, uh, you know, people don't think about things like that, and that will have an impact. And the fact that venues are struggling means that they're going to be encouraging their clients. Whereas before, they'd be encouraging their clients to get the best photographers. And now they're encouraging their clients to get no photographers and that's a thing that's a real thing wow. and so um you know the industry is struggling and then it, that venue hard. will go and ask you for pictures yeah <laughs> send us some pictures yeah send us some pictures yeah. um and you know and but everything changes right and i don't think that i don't think it's it's a uh i still make enough money from weddings to live off put it that way the workshops i obviously use that do those as well but i wouldn't say I don't know if I had no workshops I'd just I'd have to shoot a couple more weddings yeah. but it's not you know my I, I consider myself a wedding photographer that's yeah, my job yeah. um, 
and but saying that you know you do have to change and you have to evolve and if you stand still and i don't mean that on a stylistic point of view uh you know it's it's about business marketing what, what does our friend sanjay say evolve, evolve or, or evaporate. evaporate that's it yeah, yeah. evolve or evaporate which he's very right about absolutely yeah good old sanjay yeah, yeah. mind you every time he says that i think of evap- evaporated milk i used to hate that stuff um so yeah i mean i don't know what, what do you think I, well it, i don't it have, has changed i don't have a workshop business and i wish i did because during those um those quieter periods of the year uh january february march um i could uh i could sure do with uh with a with a workshop business um but you know but, in the uk people people really really are uh reluctant they're reticent to pay for training are they Absolutely, because at one stage when I when I did do some workshops, and I've done the odd one, and of course um, X weddings, which we didn't mention last week, which we should mention this week, yeah. um, which we will mention this week. I, I I I was doing a few workshops at that stage, but I don't have. I think it's important to have um, some sort of um, credible profile, oh, which, which you have, yeah, and I I think that makes a workshop more credible, and. Um, and I think that's important. Now, there are a lot of people that set up workshops that have been photographing weddings for two minutes, which, I, which I've, I've thought everybody has something to share, including their experience. Mm. But I'm not sure how that's a legitimate long-term business from the off. No, I mean, my, my attitude to all of that kind of stuff right in the early days was because I did get asked to do uh, workshops and stuff. Mm. And I refused to do any until I'd been shooting for five years. Uh, not photography-wise. I, so I self-imposed thing, was it? Yeah, yeah, so, yeah and I thought yeah, five yeah. years was a good... Yeah. A good thing, but you see, in America, for example, they they seem willing to invest in training, mm. much more willing. Mm. And I have um, it's a different attitude in America. I, I have people on my workshops all the time that come from America. Yeah. I had one who came to Dublin, uh, Belfast, uh, from Los Angeles, just for the just for the wedding PJ workshop. Cool and uh awesome yeah, awesome yeah i smashed it awesome <laughs> uh really nice guy simon sue and um uh, you, you know but in the uk you get so much and and also what i hate is the uh, well i'm going down a rabbit hole here but i hate <laughs> the um, passive aggressiveness warning warning okay it's gonna go off on one the passive aggressiveness you know uh, that you see on like on facebook and stuff right. like that what do you mean? Uh, well, let's just, uh, you know, so, for example, X Weddings, yeah. um, while the early bird price was on, it was £175, I think. Yeah, yeah. And it's only £195, like, full not price. not by much. No. Uh, and somebody somebody put £175 for that, in que- oh. you know, with question mark. And I was like, should I reply? And then I thought, F- yeah, I am. I'm going to reply. <laughs> uh, and I was like, £175 gets you six established speakers mm. you know six hours solid hours mm. actually seven solid hours including the q a um people's time people's effort their experience their you know their their they're the lifeblood of the conference <laughs> uh plus it gets you a free meal mm. uh free lunch coffees drinks throughout the day um you can pay 60 y- quid for, for, yeah, for a meal that's what itself. i said to him that's what i said to him i said well you know what or maybe 30 what, sorry 30. what what exactly yeah. you know are you getting at yeah and this is from somebody who when i looked at their profile um had a, called themselves a wedding photographer mm. but had zero acquainted friends had uh didn't have a website but had a facebook page right which was absolutely <clears throat> dire mm-hmm. um and I'm like, you know, it's the passive aggressiveness. Well, nice, angry people. Yeah, well, he's basically jealous. It's yeah, you know, it's yeah. it's jealousy, and and that makes me seethe. 
Yeah, seeth is, is a polite word. I think I think it's a good question, Ali. It's a really good question. It's a good question, and I think the industry has changed massively over the past few years for everybody. Mm. It's changed for portrait photographers. I know that because I talk to portrait photographers. Mm. Uh, it's changed for the venues. If you're going to sort of go for a slight left turn at the traffic lights, it's changed for them. It's changed certainly in photography terms. It's changed for the wedding photographer big time. My mm. numbers are down. Yeah, and and you know you'll hear people. One of the things we've always said about this podcast is we will be honest with everything. That includes what we think about lenses, cameras, tech, um, people that write in about conferences. Um, we'll, we'll, we'll be honest because I think you'll appreciate that more. And if I sat here and said everything was still awesome, then then I'd be lying. I th- I think the industry is, um, but it's certainly not the eighty a year that it was for me once upon no, a time. No. Not that I'd necessarily want it to be now because I've changed direction slightly. But I find myself doing more stuff in sound now and I'm, mm. my sound company um, is in the middle of launch and I, I'm, I'm you're rubbish at sound though <laughs> <laughs> I'm doing my best I'm doing my best so I found myself I will have a 50-50 business yeah from maybe not next year but the year after mm. well 50% of it will be weddings and 50% of it will be making podcasts for people and for products and, and uh, interviewing people and back in the sound industry again Cool. I'll be doing 50-50, without doubt. That Good. means hopefully this podcast will still be here. Yeah, well, right. hopefully. Interview time. Here we go. This week, we're delighted to welcome Soraya Courteville to the stage, if you will, because she will be on stage on November 13th at the, the X-Weddings Conference in Bath. 3pm, she's scheduled to talk about her travels with Fujifilm as a photographer for various NGOs. Um, Soraya travels in ambassadorial role too, as you'll, you'll find out over the next um, 20 minutes or so. I'm looking forward to her talk in November immensely. So, Soraya, you're, you're just shy of two decades now as a, as a professional photographer. It may, it, may, it may seem a strange question out of the traps, because usually this is one you position right at the end of the chequered flag. But as you approach this big pro anniversary, do you ever feel that you've done it, that you've earned your medals, that you can now rest on your laurels a little? Um, I don't think as creatives we ever feel like that, to be honest. Uh, especially in photography, we kind of are always chasing those medals, if you like. Um, you know, we're, we're always looking for something different. And and even over those 20 years, I've kind of gone through quite a few different stages in my career, really, where I've just constantly need to push myself. So, yeah, after 20 years, actually, it just tends to get harder to find that new thing. Do you know when those moments are coming up where you think, oh, I just no, yeah. do you know, I need to work a bit harder on this. This is not quite right. I need to do something new. I need something fresh. I need I need a new challenge. Do you, do you know those moments? Yeah, yeah, definitely. I, I can feel them coming. And it for me, it tends to be a kind of four or five year cycle where I've tried something new and yes, I'm all excited and this is my new thing. Um, but over the time, I kind of, you, you know, like, most creatives you get stuck in a rut doing the same thing day in day out and it's great when you first start that new cycle or new challenge but over time it you it gets very comfortable and I think for me especially I like to have that push which makes my work more interesting to me Mm. if I did the same day in day out I, I I don't think I would enjoy photography as half as much as I do. Mm. And you've also got this stack of award. I mean, you mentioned medals just now. You've got this. <laughs> you got this. No, I think you did first. Well, yeah. <laughs> yeah. You got this stack of awards, and we talked a little while back on the podcast about commendations and awards and and the relevance of them. 
Well, what what for you is the purpose behind awards? Because some people do them, some people don't, and and those that don't usually say, "Oh, you don't need awards. Who needed awards to be wedding photographers or portrait photographers?" But but those that those that do take part in them have have far greater purpose for them usually, don't they? Yeah, I think I think for me again, it's really important to do those kinds of things. Again, you you're putting yourself out there, which I think is a really brave thing to do. Again, we go, we we are all very, although we're social photographers, quite a lot of the time we're on our own, mm. and it's it's you know you're sat in front of a computer and, and editing, so it's you know we're not very social photographers. And I think when you enter these kind of competitions it puts you up against your peers which is great and also you get to go to these amazing awards events and things like that but it's also I think it for me gives me an idea of what else is going on in the photographic world otherwise you'd be very um, isolated and not that connected with what's going on in the industry and I think for competitions and things like that is really important i think that's, that's really interesting actually you mentioned you know we work in social photography but we're not we're not very social not. <laughs> i'd never thought of it that way before photographers, especially <laughs> wedding and, and portrait photographers you know they're great i almost say it's like a performance when you're a wedding photographer or, or a um a portrait photographer you go out and you do your hour or two hours or three hours of, of performance and then you come back and you sit in front of the computer and you don't speak to anybody generally yeah you you are you're definitely right about that and and again we we talked about that a little bit a few weeks ago but I, i'd not thought about it quite on those lines and it it is quite um it is quite a lonely task a lonely yeah. occupation isn't it and the, yeah. I, I mean you've been traveling and we'll get we'll get to that in a minute and perhaps that'll play a part in some of your answers but um when you're home in the uk you're known yeah. you're known really and the, and the way i originally knew about you was for your portrait work is is yeah. your is your heart still in that side of your work too oh absolutely i love it i love working with kids they're great fun and you know every day is different there's a new challenge and they just there's a real energy with children that i really appreciate working with so it's it's yeah no completely my passion always will be with with the children's portraiture i've, I've seen you actually working because I, I made a film with you a few few years yeah. back for for a camera and i saw i saw the way you are with uh with kids when when you're working and and you kind of i think you in particular you you can't you're on their level i think you have to yeah. play you have to play don't you do you think that's easier for um, I'm probably going to open up a can of worms here. But oh, we're going to say with women. I had this question yeah, only I, three days ago. Okay, so I've asked the question. I've let I've let the worm out that can. <laughs> Great move. <laughs> what do you think? Um, I'd like to think it's not the case, but yeah, it, it's one of those things. I think if you're good with children, you're just good with children, whether you're male or female. I think women get it a little bit easier because they generally do the childcare and they know that the kind of ins that you need with kids at certain ages. And I'm not saying that guys don't have that. It's just, I think women find it easier because they generally know that the process of childhood, if you like. I, I like this idea of portrait days where, where you choose a location, Sarah, and you invite folk yeah. along. It's, um, it, it's a really different, it's certainly a different um, way of working 
Um, when, when you compare it to, you know, the straight one-to-one commission work where somebody phones you up and says, like your work, want to, want to meet you yeah. and work with the family. Where did that idea come from? And, and do many people turn up? I've got this, I've got this sort of, in the back of my mind, this sort of throng of people sort of <laughs> in, invading a, an, an area and, and, and you sort of oh, wade, wading in and trying to get, you know, uh, as many photographs as you can. How does that work? Well, it kind of came around because I moved away from my client base. And so I always used to have a studio in North London. I was based there for a good six years. Um, and then I went traveling, as you know, and kind of moved out of the area. I moved down to the West Country in Cheltenham, which is where my family are originally from. But I still had all of my clients still wanting me to go back to London to do shoots for them. So mm. I said, do you know what? I'm going to pick a couple of nice locations. And these are the days I'm back in London. So if you would like a shoot again, this is when... I'm going to be there. I thought it was a really good way of working. A uh, simple logistics thing, because I've, yeah. I've asked Kev this on the times that he does his uh, street workshops, and uh, yeah. he always says, if it's raining or snowing, it's raining or snowing. Now, I can understand that with a with a street workshop, but with portraiture, that could be a bit tougher, couldn't it? Um, most of the locations that I choose have somewhere to go if that happens. And it's always the first question I get, you know, what, because people pay up front for my shoots. Yeah. So they're always a little bit worried about, you know, what happens if it's raining or snowing. And I kind of say, do you know what, in the 20 years I've been doing it, I think I've only ever postponed two shoots. Right. Because there's always somewhere that I can find to, to go or, you know, if it's completely horrendous, obviously, yeah, we change it, but it, we can generally work around things yeah. with photographers and on location you've kind of got to roll with the punches if you like and you get what's given it's like a wedding photographer you can't change the day it's it is what it is it and is, I think yeah. it's quite sweet you know I had um a beautiful shoot recently and it was torrential rain but we got some beautiful shots of a little brother and sister underneath an umbrella and they were kissing each other and the parents absolutely adored the pictures so look i've been following your insta feed the soraya travel one in particular yeah and and this this world of travels that seems to have consumed <laughs> you in the last five years in particular aren't i lucky You're, yeah <laughs> Be, being an uh, you know i love this title an expedition photographer yeah <laughs> for, for ngos i mean it sounds exceptionally glamorous um from, oh it's not at from, all from the out well i was just about to add three words from the outside <laughs> so tell me the I mean, first of all i'm in, intrigued as to how it happened because one moment you're motoring along with your really successful portrait business yeah. and the next minute i'm, I'm thinking was well, at soraya she's in africa what what's she doing there how- oh again that that came really about from boredom and kind of challenging myself again. My daughter had um, literally turned 18, was going off to university. I kind of had emptiness syndrome. was like, oh, my God, what am I going to do? And also creatively in the studio, I'd been in a um, – as beautiful as my studio was, I was getting – I could feel my work was getting a little bit samey. Mm. So I kind of thought, you know what, I need to change this up a little bit. And, yeah, just contacted uh, an, an international NGO to uh, see if they needed photographers. They did. They have something called a communications team, which um, involves a writer and a photographer, and they send you out to various projects. At the f- very first one was Tanzania, so I was there for four months. Just as my daughter had gone off to university, I then shut my studio down and then 
um, went off to Tanzania for four months. Because it's, it's, it's not the jolly that some people think it is. I mean, no, you, no, you've, no. You, you've just mentioned four months. It's not like, well, I fancy going for two weeks to, um, to, to I don't know, Kenya or something. Yeah. Um, but it doesn't work like that. You've got to, no. you offer yourself up. And I don't think, excuse me for, for, for being a little bit gratuitous with a, with a financial question, but I don't think people do that for the money either, do they? No. Well, yeah, you don't get paid. And it, it, a lot of it is self-funded. Luckily, again, I've got lovely clients. And for my very first trip, a lot of my clients funded me to go. Yeah. So, which was brilliant. And they, you know, even if I'm getting bookings now, they'll say, oh, where are you off to next? Is there any way we can help? And, you know, to have a kind of client base like that, that's supporting not only my portrait career, but my travel kind of adventures is, is brilliant. Would you say you're away sort of 50% of the the year now or because uh, No, no, it's no? not that much. Okay. It, it always uh, feel it always feels like that with you. When I, when I, whenever <laughs> I, I look at your in, your Instagram feed I think right, where's Soraya off to this week? <laughs> no, I try and do you know as, as as portrait photographers and especially location portrait photographers I'm normally relatively quiet kind of end of um December to kind of March, April, when everybody starts getting brave enough to go back outside again. So yeah. if I'm going to travel, it tends to be at those times. Oh, that makes sense. And and, yeah. and, and I think I know the answer to this because you've half answered it anyway, but what yeah. what do you personally get from the, the experience? I, I mean, and in a more sort of, well, dare I, dare I use the word spiritual, and that, that's kind of spiritual sense, the, the takeaway, what what you as Soraya, as a person, what do you get from, oh, from, from this work? absolutely loads okay. i mean i couldn't actually say one there was one thing that i i took away from it because it's the very first one that i did was completely life-changing i mean i even at the age of 41 when i did it it just completely changed my outlook in, on life it changed my the way i approach everything when you realize how difficult some people do have it in this world it really does make you appreciate mm what you do have and like you were saying it's not the you know the jolly that everybody kind of thinks it is I, I mean I, I would have people saying to me oh enjoy your holiday say, <laughs> do you know what really is not a holiday I don't have a toilet I don't have a uh, you know there's no showers you there's nowhere to wash your clothes it is really very much back to basics mm. you live in these communities so it's well, you're you're not going out to photograph people in Hilton five star hotels, no. are you? I mean, you're you're <laughs> no. going out there to um, to tell a story, and usually a story for something that, that that requires help and assistance, aren't you? Yeah, 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 and yeah. and it, yes, exactly. You're living in these very very basic conditions. So when you get back to normality, it really is. My God, I'm going to appreciate everything yeah. I really have. You know, even just the fact of a, of a working toilet or running yeah. water, some, yeah. something really quite that basic. Well, I completely understand what you're saying because I've just been working in Africa myself a little bit in the Gambia over the last 12 oh, months wow. on a project about a, about a coup. So, yeah. And I went with zero expectations and zero knowledge, which is not, not the best way to... <laughs> <laughs> well, sometimes it actually oh, is some, the best yeah, way yeah. no expectation. <laughs> yes. Well, I soon found when you say, I mean, I was lucky. I was staying with a family. And uh, so I did have a trickling shower. And, oh, uh, and 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 the family, God bless them, they fed me so much I came back heavier. So I had, a, I think I had a, 
I had a different experience to you. But but, yeah. but with that zero expectation, zero knowledge, I mean, there was one military client who suggested, there's an old army phrase, as, as a, but, but the week before I went, he said, stay low, move fast. Um, <laughs> that was probably quite difficult for you. Well, thank you very much. <laughs> thank you very much. Um, but <laughs> you, you've, you've covered more of the continent, certainly, than I have. How have you found, you know, looking after yourself and staying safe? I see a lot of a lot of pictures where you're you seem to be often on your own, and um, and and of course you are in a place that's that's foreign to you that you you don't yeah. know. You, I mean, you 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 have to learn very very quickly um, what it's like on the ground, don't you? How have you coped with that? I actually found it really lovely, and in, in all of the places I've been, I've never ever felt unsafe. There are always a team of people with us. Although I go to these places on my own, when we get to uh, the countries that we go to, we tend to have in-country people that will help us along the way. So they have that in-country knowledge. Yeah. Obviously, we don't have, and that is vitally important because they can obviously say, you know, don't go to this area, don't go to that area. It's, It's a little bit dangerous or you might feel a little bit uncomfortable but not at any point in the last five years have I ever felt you tend to get a feeling if a place is a little bit more edgy then you you know you you might not go there but yes having that insider knowledge has been made the world of difference because and also they can generally tell the communities what I'm doing there yes of course Um, and and as I'm there for kind of two three weeks per visit um it and I'm living in these families. It does make my life an awful lot easier because they get to know me, and I'm non-threatening. And so, they, you know, there's not that mystique of who is this lady coming to take pictures and and write stories about me. It's you know, it's always already been explained as to what I'm doing there, which which I think really helps my case. So you're doing a lot of the writing as well. Um, I think on sometimes I have uh, generally the head office of the NGO will give me a, a brief. Um, that I work to. So when I was in Nicaragua, they said to me, we would like you to um, take images of of, uh, local entrepreneurs and tell us, you know, what their businesses are, why they're hoping for funding. Or if I, when I was in Nepal, they were, the uh, NGO asked me about um, getting some stories, particularly about the, the earthquake. So they'll give me a rough idea of, of what they're looking for because they need to then they will get them professional writers i just need to get the kind of raw details from I mean, when they write stuff for magazines and, and reports and things like that the, the kit's very important i mean it's it's um some of these areas you're going to is dusty it's sometimes very wet sometimes yeah. unexpectedly suddenly boom hot um yeah. I, mean, I know you were using the xt2 a lot I saw that yeah. certainly when I read some stuff about you. Have you have you um, have you swapped swapped up? Seems wrong because some people just love the XT two. There's nothing wrong with it. I do. I'm one of those. But, but have you I gone up? Have, have you? So you've not moved to the XT three yet. You've kept with the XT two. Kept the faith. I've kept the faith, and the fact that it's got it's personalised for me has helped because I would feel loath to give that up. It was when it was when we were um, uh, giving them before for. For testing and things they, they uh, put my name on the bottom so yes it was what my first fuji i know they don't do it anymore which is a shame listen i'll give you an xt3 and i'll write your name on the bottom of oh, it fabulous do that <laughs> <laughs> no i have to say the xt3 i've got i'm i'm off to madagascar on um sunday okay. and i've got two xt3s 
coming with me. It's for a water aid project that we're doing in conjunction with Fuji Film. So how exciting! Wow. Yeah. yeah. And how long are you there? Um, only ten days. Okay. Only All right. Ten so. days. So I'm going to have to work pretty quickly to get what we need. But oh, but, 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 I'm really exciting. I've never been to Madagascar before. No, so it sounds amazing. One for me. Obviously, it's a holiday. Clearly, as, obviously, as, it's a holiday. <laughs> if uh, we we played this game recently, myself and Kev, and we were talking about travel photography, and we said, right, yeah. if you could travel with one body and one lens, I think I know the body. But, but what would that be? I mean, you, you tell these incredible stories and we will put the links, by the way, to Soraya's uh, travel material um, and obviously the portrait material too. Yeah. But if, if they say, right, Soraya, we've got one tiny bag. This is all you can... I know you like your big Billingham bag. I've seen it. But, oh, no, I've, gone, I've got, made it smaller Have now. you gone downsized? <laughs> I'm so, in a small Billingham right, bag. A small Billingham bag. Yes. What yeah, would you yeah. take? One lens, one body. Um, I would... Probably XT3, and I would go with the 50 to 140. Oh, right. So quite a thumping lens. And I'm afraid I, I like that long lens. Yeah. yeah. The yeah. stuff that I do, people are quite often surprised by that. Oh, I am as well, yeah. yeah. It, it really does kind of, and I explain it on my talks, it's generally because it gives me and the subject a little bit of distance from each other. So they know that I'm there. They're very aware that I'm there, but it's mm. more that I'm observing. So there's just a... a, yeah. a, a a level of space between us and a, and a respect, I think. I think that I, I don't get these photographers think it can go right up to people that they don't know. Yeah. In their faces, I would find that quite intrusive. And I think it then makes for um, an unnatural portrait. It can be intimidating. Although sometimes, yeah. I mean, if you look to the Don McCullen exhibition recently where he uh, did you go to that exhibition? Did I you get, didn't. Did I'm you chance? To. You're probably abroad somewhere knowing you. <laughs> But um, I, but I remember um, quite a few of the, the particular pictures being him right in the faces of people who were, I mean, it's a particularly yeah. um, shocking um, selection of photographs of, of captors that were just about to be executed. And he, 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 he made these portraits of them on, on what I, I surmise to be 24 millimetre focal length. Could have been yeah. slightly more, but certainly not much more than 35, if that. And, yeah. and, but that's a different kind of well. It is and it isn't. I mean, he's he's in the face doing portraits. But I understand also your separation. I and, and I understand yeah. and I that I, reverence. That's probably the message that he was. You know, there's, there's very a different feeling. Yeah. Mm. If you're right up close to somebody, then you you're making the viewer feel quite uncomfortable. Yeah. yeah. Oh well, you, they were they were very uncomfortable yeah. pictures. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Now you joined the ambassador lineup in 2016. Ex photographer. Um, yeah. How did that come about? Um, I do you know what I don't actually know because <laughs> you know people always ask that question of Kev. <laughs> yeah, and it it just seemed that to to me that I'd kind of come back from Tanzania and my work had been out there and I think somebody maybe mentioned my name to some of the people at Fujifilm and yeah I got a very nice phone call one day saying you know we'd like to meet you and and see if we could work together and it's kind of gone from there yeah and it's, it's one of the things when people sort of kind of say to me you know what do you get out of these trips when you're volunteering i get amazing opportunities like that that yes. i'm pretty sure have come off the back of me volunteering so it's as much as i i have to pay for these trips and i and i volunteer i think actually it what i've got back in return from them has been way more than i would ever Pay. Well, it's the old yeah. adage, isn't it? You 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 yeah. get back what you're prepared to put in, and I think yeah, that's 100%. now one of those opportunities. Um, finally, will be uh, will be you sharing what you know at the ex weddings conference, and yeah. you, you are oh, described yeah. as a wild card. <laughs> <laughs> 
does, does this does this mean you're going to fire in and sort of do do something quite unexpected? I'm 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 seeing you swinging from the chandeliers across. Fired from a cannon. Fired from a cannon. <laughs> I'll try and live up to that. Well, no, I'm expecting it. I'm, so so what what do you, what do you? I mean, I know you can't talk about the whole talk, and you're probably mid writing as well. But what sort of things can we expect you're going to discuss across your your hour? Well, it's probably going to be a few few stories from my travels i'll certainly show you an awful lot of images um from my five years since i've started this journey and kind of why i did it and and where it's kind of the the direction it's now completely taken my my career so there'll be a lot of stories on the way an awful lot of images and hopefully maybe some inspiration somewhere oh i'm sure i'm sure there'll be oodles of that (laughs) no and i kind of hope to encourage other people to kind of push themselves a little bit because i really did push myself creatively to start doing this and and it's like they always say the hardest things that you ever do that can be the most rewarding and this certainly has been the case and i i haven't looked back now so it's something that i will constantly try and keep involved in our thanks this week to sarah Courtevelle for her time and looking forward to the talk at the ex-weddings conference she is as we identified the wild card um talking about her travels using the fujifilm system 13th of November, um, so Raya's talk is at 3pm. Right, back to the questions. Kev, your turn. Lee, our friend Lee Glasgow. Oh, Lee Glasgow. Uh, and this is this is from months ago. Lee Glasgow always, he's in the Facebook group. Um, if you haven't been there yet, we have a Facebook group for the Fujicast. Ding, ding. And he always seems to be in there in, in some sort of, he's either in a hot tub or... Or, or yeah, yeah. Worse, worse, worse things. I mean, yeah, he leads a life of luxury. That boy. So Lee says, uh, "Your podcast is slightly above average on the entertainment graph. <laughs> Thank you. A fair bit below. My dad writes a porno." Uh, oh, podcast. that was a massive podcast. Went, Do you know about that? I heard about it. I never Huge actually uh, success. success. Yeah, yeah. But as I creep into my fiftieth year, you you feel like a comfy pair of slippers <laughs> for my ears, and make my Monday morning in the hot tub so oh. far so far uh, so more bearable. I know, I know, this has been around a while, but for some reason, this conversation touched a nerve. Every year, I get asked to photograph at dance school, a job I really don't want. It was more of a favour. I was told today that they would, uh, they wouldn't. They won't need me this year, as the video company will be pulling the stills from the video. Although this saves me a job, I have noticed more and more videographers putting screen grabs from social media uh, for social media marketing from weddings. I have booked to capture the stills. Mm. Photography is such a beautiful thing, but how long have we got before putting a video video stills uh, is a usable solution uh, or like a usable resolution? Yeah. Uh, how do, you know when does that become a threat, yeah. and is it will it be the end of photography? Yeah. Well, I mean, you've you've got to almost be. I mean, you've got to live the whole event again to pull stills out of it, haven't you? I mean, it's, it's a bit like those that shoot thirty, forty thousand frames of wedding or, mm. or or event or whatever they're shooting. I'm going to send Lee a strap. Are you? Yeah, because he got the word porno into a question. <laughs> Hang on. Hang on a minute. Warning, warning. You're going to have that chap writing to us about innuendo again, don't you dare. <laughs> um, uh, it's a really do you know what I remember sitting at the photography show about three years ago two years ago maybe and Jeff Woods you know Jeff Woods yeah the videographer incredibly good video brilliant uh, I've, I've, yeah. I've shot I've yeah. worked with him a couple of times and he yeah. was doing a talk on the I think it was the behind the lens stage so yeah. I went and I went and listened to it and he I'm fairly sure he was using 
oh no he was using a 4k he's a sony shooter right. he's using 4k sony um, cameras to make these absolutely amazing films he makes yeah. and he was pulling stills and they were good and they were resolving at something like 12 megapixels and he was saying that within three or four years we'll be using 6k cameras and then 8k yeah. cameras yeah. and after 8k yeah. guess what's going to come after 8k cameras 12 yeah yeah no 10 no it's going to be 12 um, straight to 12 doesn't it and 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 he 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 basically said that uh, you know this is what what he does now imagine what you'll be able to do with eight and 8k is around now 8k is a thing you can get an 8k tv in dixon's uh, 8k camera's gonna set you back if you want to go blind um (laughs) but but it's happening and so it it is a valid worry i think it's a it's something i've been concerned about Mm. not overly because i still think that you have to you have to blend in the fact that you know to make a good film you're still going to be shooting at 50 frames per second and you're going to have blur and you know it's 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 a tricky thing to do i think to get the frame right um however when well, of course you look yeah at, frame rate's gonna decide that a lot of course rate, you're shooting at 50th correct but saying that well, not always but uh yeah i mean the saying that though we're only shooting at 50th because of the um the pal ntsc mm. um what paradigms and what's to say they don't yeah, change? But, but also the the uh, the blur to get that sort of creamy sort of movement. Thing. Yeah, but that's that's why you shoot a slightly slower. Yeah, no, I get that, but that's because the you know the filmic look that we're all yeah. like used to and seeing and stuff. But there are um, so you don't want it to be digital digitally jerky. No, exactly. But is there? I would imagine it's going to be very easy and mm. probably already out there for technology to retro affect so that shoot shoot a, shoot at much thousand, higher frame rate still. and isn't that what phones do isn't that when you when you point your phone at somebody and press a button yeah. it takes like six pictures doesn't yeah, it and, yeah, and yeah. then just shows you the best one yeah um so it is a concern it is a concern for me i have to say it is a concern for me but not you know i still think that you will lose an artistic element of it now yeah. jeff's films are, are artistically beautiful from yeah, a filming point of no view no doubt about that but there won't be so much consideration put into each individual moment no and that's that's the difference um, will you get a situation where brides and grooms say look we'll have the film and if you've got jeff maybe i don't know a couple of dozen um top images from the day that'll be our photography i think it will really yeah do you think that will be the norm do you think the norm is going to change I, from... Because I don't know necessarily that the norm is these days photography above filmmaking. I think it's flipping a bit. It's flipping a bit, though, is it? Do you but think? I don't think... Going that way? I think you'd have to be a bloody good filmmaker like Jeff is um, to be able to offer that as a service. Mm. To be able to go to a client and say, look at this film I can make and also look at these pictures I can make for you at the same time. Yeah. Um, um, you know, you if you're a... I mean, uh, I've seen videographers that are amazing. I've seen videographers that basically stick a tripod at the back of the church, press play, and then look at their phone for the rest of the the ceremony. Uh, They're not going to be able to do it, you know. Uh, And so it does depend a lot on the the talent. Well, Phil White's another one that can do it, really. Phil White would be able to do it, yeah. He he thinks thinks of angles. He's very documentary. I know you could say that all video guys and girls are are documentary because they, they don't really touch anything. Well, very rarely. Yeah, no, um, I, I get that, but it's but the, some there's of them a are, difference in how they form their angles and what they shoot and shooting into light or shooting yeah, with light. Absolutely, there's a cre- there's creativity involved in it that, that a lot of people don't don't yeah, really understand, yeah. and um, I, 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 so that's where I think it, it will will become an issue if it becomes the norm is the is getting people who can do it well. Yeah. 
But I think that's all way down the line. And uh, Lee, you're 50 this year, mate. So um, you'll be retiring before. Then. Yeah. You anyway, might, you're in might, your hot tub. Who cares? Might get your bus pass by then. <laughs> <laughs> right. Let's go for the self-indulgent moment. Then we've got one, one more, one more question because we did a long first half. Uh, one more question to go after that. We're taking a break from the self-indulgent minute, by the way, uh, from next week for three weeks, which we'll tell you about in a minute. Um, first one from Magali. Don't let the title fool you. This podcast is something for all photographers, not just Fuji fanboys or girls. Format and content is great and it's very entertaining. Production is excellent. He said that with a French accent. Great banter. He could be down the pub with us. The podcast is released on a Monday each week and it's rare if I haven't listened by Monday evening. There we go. So thank you very much, Magali. Found this podcast a few days ago via Kevin Mullins' social media. I love it and have listened to it whenever I have a few spare minutes. Over the last week, I have been I have been binge listening, binge binge listening to the back catalogue to mm. catch up and have loved every minute. That's Wolverine eight seven four. Jez Michael P. Thank you. I'm a Fuji ex-photographer who shoots weddings. Uh, he's in Australia, so it's a pleasure to stumble across this podcast. These two share a lot of knowledge, have great guests on, and have great banter. Keep it up, guys. Thank you. Do you have another one, Kev? No. <laughs> <laughs> I have more here. I know, but mine all say things like... I got mine. I got ones that just say excellent, brilliant podcast. Well, that's fine. You can still Pop-quest. add them in. But they don't have any names under them. Oh, don't they? No, well, that's so, my fault. Yeah. Thank you very much for sending in your reviews. Yes, thank um, you. they are very much appreciated, and that's why we've been doing the self-indulgent moment. Yeah, our minute. Um, and until we got our knuckles right. <laughs> until we got our knuckles right. It was supposed to be done with us. It's, it's kind of a, I don't know. There's a twist on it in in so far as we're not totally serious about it because we know they're saying nice things and reading out nice things about yourself might be considered not very british um but there's a there's there's a reason we did it well number one it's it's great to get the reviews it helps the podcast grow yeah please keep doing the reviews please Please keep keep doing doing the reviews number two um it's it's nice to thank you because you take some time in doing them and we do read them all even if sometimes it takes a while to get stuff out on the show and there was a number three and i completely forgot it um ex-weddings ex-weddings so what's going on? The Hilton Hotel is about to be closed down while they refurb it. Are they making it special for us? Yeah, they're doing it just for us. They're, wow. they're changing the entire shape into a massive X. <laughs> <laughs> they're redesigning the whole building. That's uh, very kind of Yeah, them. no, it's closing for the summer while they... Um, and that's one of the reasons why we didn't do it in June this right. year, because it was June last year. But, ah, um, of course. So it's closing for the summer. They, they've delayed it a little bit. And mm. they are. it's going to be much nicer, apparently. Um, so it should be good. Uh, everything's just ticking along nicely. We still, um, still have tickets for sale, of course. Um, and I think £175, £195 for the keynote day. And yep. then we also have Neil doing his uh, one-day workshop on, on sound, and sound and video and, and uh, all the good stuff Get like that. Get that movie button working on your, your, um, on your camera. On your camera. We, yeah. We're going to talk a lot about sound and, and how you can sync it as well yeah. and stuff like that. And that, that day also will be, I mean, that's a full day. It's going to be like nine till five, whatever. Uh, and of course, lunch is included and all of that stuff throughout as well. And those two workshops, by the way, the one that Neil is doing and the one that Watchtech is doing are small and discreet. Yes. So discreet. Have to hide. Um, there will only be a handful of people on those. We're not yeah. going to have a, a lot of people. And we're, we're not going to have more than um, uh, around 60, 65 people on the keynote day either. The room okay. can hold 120 but I feel that it worked really well with the numbers last year, so we're not going to go any higher than that. Um, So please, and and I know you probably think I'm just saying this because I'm the one behind it, 
A, it doesn't really make any money, and B, <laughs> uh, it, you it, do not leave it too long because it will. Um, last year we had a whole load of people that were uh, were left it too late and, and, and couldn't. Oh, they couldn't come, could they? No, seats were not available. Seats were not available. Actually, you turned a few people away. Yeah, I did because You're nasty you know we, like that. we um, oh. giving people enough notification. It's it will. Um, Kevin not, was at the door. Well, Gemma was at the door. So <laughs> yeah, no, not yeah. coming in. So yeah, sixty-five people. So we're not gonna. I'm not gonna open it up further than that because it will. It it, it takes away from the um the I don't know the, the intimacy of it, yeah. the intimacy of it. But Fujifilm will be there. We've got Jorgensen albums come in. Uh, we've got some giveaway gifts from uh, all of those. And Xtrite Photo have given me some um, stuff to give away. Plus, I'm hoping to get some more stuff. I'm going to be giving away f- some free uh, workshops. Mm-hmm and um, spot prizes oh yeah we had some good spot prizes last year we had all those Fujifilm power banks no we did didn't we yeah yeah, and stuff I keep saying we it's like, like I'm involved oh I'm, you are I'm, involved I'm, I'm kind yeah, of, you're, you're, I bring along the sound stuff if it weren't if it weren't for you then it would it would sound rubbish <laughs> well that's very kind of you it was, it, I'll tell you one of the things I really uh, enjoyed was the Q&A it was a really good yeah. thing at the end of the day people just thought do you know what Hang it. I haven't asked this question. I was too embarrassed at the time. Yeah. Just going to throw it in and see what happens. Yeah, and, and by that point, the bar had opened and everything. Yeah. So it was very good. Beer yeah. does help questions flow. Absolutely. I yeah. wonder this year whether the Q&A could be the podcast. Uh, oh, I thought you were going to say, I wonder if this year we should start having beer at breakfast. <laughs> there is that <laughs> And as then well. that will help the day flow. Well, maybe, yes, uh, the same rules should apply to the ex-weddings conference as uh, as apply when you go on holiday. Oh, we're definitely- yeah? You can drink from the moment you arrive at the airport. <laughs> yeah. We're definitely, I think we should definitely record the Q&A, for yeah, sure, yeah. and use that on the, uh, uh, at least the, parts of it on the I podcast. I think it should be the podcast. Yeah, well, I think so. Well, maybe we'll talk about that. And we've got... Um, Off mic. Uh, ben, ben Gillett is going to come and... Um, do some filming as well for us. Oh yes, nice. Um, yeah. and not, uh, I've had loads of emails from people saying I cannot come. Um, are you filming it, and will you be selling it later? And yeah. the answer to that is a flat no. Um, and the, and the reason for that is a because it'd be a lot of work, but b because I would feel obliged. None of the speakers have mentioned it, but I would feel obliged to pay the speakers a mm. whole load more money, and I just can't do that. So that's not going to happen. But um, Ben's going to come along and do some. Uh, like social media stuff and everything mm, for mm. us, which would be cool. Thank you, Ben. Um, last question of the, uh, of the show today, because um, Kev uh, has got a pack. He's off to um, off to Ibiza. I was going to say he's not Ibiza <laughs> at all. He's off to his private pad. It's, it's like some sort of James Bond villain there in, in, in the middle of Espana somewhere. Nobody knows. Nobody's ever been there, but the Mullins family. You can't get post there. There's you can't no, get. Post there's no. There's no. It doesn't have an address and as we as know such. it's full of creepy crawlies a lot of creepy crawlies well, this is quite a long question but there, there's there's a few bits in there um, in terms of some bravos or some bits and bobs hi Neil and Kevin I'd happily leave you a five star rating by the way this is from Andrew Higgins uh, but I'm subscribed via Google Podcasts and I can't find a way to leave a recommendation it's very hard for us to find a way, way of finding out how many people listen through Google by the way yeah you can't I don't think you can leave so, reviews so I mean it, it, you know it's X amount that we know listen on one uh, platform X amount on Spotify I have no idea via Google at the moment, I'm afraid. Hmm. Uh, as a long-time working jobbing photographer, I appreciate hearing from other pros. Um, along the way in your shows, a couple of moments have especially caught my ear. Firstly, when a couple of shows ago you talked about the uncertainty you feel about your own work, whether it is or will be good enough, in inverted commas. This was a wow moment for me, as I've always had this stage fright masked by the by the front you need as a paid photographer. Secondly, last week, a couple of weeks ago, this will be Kevin saying he uses P-mode. Hurrah! 
Um, I've used this for years, thinking it was the most useful and flexible mode. Need a shutter speed? Flick that dial. Need an aperture? Just dial it in. Otherwise, just keep an eye on what the camera's up to, and if it's all good, that's good. That's fine. But for the past year, I've been using shutter and aperture priority more often, depending on the job, but it seems such a faff compared to the effectiveness of P-Mode. I came across a video interview with Martin Parr just last week, who also says he uses his camera on P-Mode. Yeah. Uh, vindication is suddenly out there for the often derided P-Mode. Anyway, question. Years ago, I had a Fuji X10, super little camera, foolishly sold to help buy a Sony RX100. Uh, nice, but not as nice as I thought. I really like the depth of the monotones produced by the Fuji, which together with your weekly podcast has left me with a bit of a gas itch about buying into the Fuji X system. I'm only looking at buying secondhand, towing the Fuji waters, as I see many older X cameras are really quite cheap these days, around 200 squid or less. So question is, what older Fuji X camera would you chaps think is a decent one to start off with getting cheaply? And which lens? Andrew Higgins, thank you. Uh, I don't know. It, you know, the thing about the Fujifilm system is there are there's lots of technically the same cameras in different disguises. Yeah. So it does depend a lot on ergonomics, aesthetics, hand size, mm. uh, weight, mm. all that stuff. Me, personally, if I'm digging in right now, and it depends a lot on budget, of course, I, I'd be going X-Pro, X100. Mm. Uh, I always kind of uh, I try and level this question out by saying, which camera would I absolutely grab if the house was on fire x pro 2 and 27 mil is that your answer yeah they're the ones you would grab i th- i think so do you use 27 mil and for i have used it a bit now yeah for weddings yeah i've used it a couple times it's a sort of 40 mil ish focal length mm. isn't it uh yeah okay well that's just not now mm. see it's a hard question isn't it it is I think mine would be X100, but then it's a cha- interchangeable, non-interchangeable, and you're a bit stuck. Yeah. Uh. So, for for example, this afternoon, I, I'm going on a bit of a family event, and I was thinking, well, I don't want to take loads of cameras. I don't want to take two cameras. What should I take? So, I, it is going to be the X-T3, funnily enough, because of the um, low-light capability on that. And I did think about the 27mm. Mm. That's a good lens, 27mm. Cause it's just the aperture. Some people really fail miserably yeah. at figuring out the fact it hasn't got an aperture ring. And No, it hasn't. You know, but you can do that on the, on the you do command on the, dial. On the dial, yeah, yeah. but, but you, you have to set it up, and yeah, yeah. That, that kind of throws a few people. It does throw me a little bit, because on my command dial, I have exposure compensation. Yeah. So you have to remember which one you're using. Yeah. Um, so what would you use? X100. X, uh, is the X100. Yeah, yeah. yeah. So that's the one to go for then. I think. I, but, uh, you know, it's such a. X100T or S or. Yeah, it all depends on. Because he's saying he wants an older Fuji X camera. So probably not the. Oh, F. okay. Sorry, I misheard that bit then. Then, in which case, then perhaps X Pro 1, X100T yeah. or S. The original X100 obviously is a, is a dear camera to me, but it's not very good. No. You know, in comparison to today's no. cameras. Go for a T. Yeah, excellent. So you get those really good second hand now. Yeah. Really right, good. Well, there, there. There's, there's your answer. Now, this is important. I, I feel I should have a jingle for a big announcement thing. But, Kev, um, for next week, we have no idea whether it's going to work yet, by the way, because we haven't actually <laughs> sorted out the what's called the. Um, <clears throat> Well, the, the VoIP link that, that we're going to do. So the logistics, well, the logistics of it. So I'm, I'm sure it will work. But but for next week, uh, the next three weeks, the next three shows are going to be um, Kevin Spain and um, and me here in Blighty. So um, it, it could be interesting. I, I had a radio show years ago. 
we used to do this thing where we used to make there was a sort of a mad minute right at the start of the show where somebody would phone in and we'd give them all sorts of things they had to do within that that minute rushing all over the house i've got a feeling i i, I want to sort of introduce a couple of those old radio features see if he can make the mullins when he's blind drunk do certain things he'd never ever do when he's in the uk doing this show usually so um so are you looking forward to it oh i can't wait I, mean, I cannot wait. I've got so much work to do before I go. But yeah, uh, when I go, it'll be I done. Go. You'll be fine. You'll be fine. You'll be up in the air. The two dings would have gone. The one ding for we're okay at two thousand feet, <laughs> and the second ding for uh, I was thinking release the people to when serve I, alcohol. When I was saying that, I was thinking, oh my lord, I really hope I've got that right because <laughs> if I've got it wrong, yeah, and then like two dings just means like air conditioning has gone on or something and then two things people, go, are, gonna be people are gonna be panicking i know it's like um yeah uh, what's disclaimer the, then don't listen tremendously don't what listen kev to says, said earlier, but, but, but all, all the same i uh, just like it to be known that uh, kev will be doing he'll be doing that because he'll be ordering his third beer they'll be thinking oh god guy in seat 22f keeps asking for beer <laughs> how many times so uh, anyway that's the way yeah that's where you'll be uh, payoffs. Do we have? To, uh, yeah, we we do them quickly. Rosa first. My dad's Instagram is Kevin Mullins Photography. See his films on YouTube at Documentary Eye. His website is kevinmullinsphotography.co.uk. Or for street workshops, training, and everything Fujifilm, go to f16.click. And for me, from Jack. My dad's Instagram is Neil James. See his films on YouTube at Neil James Photo. His website is neiljames.com for pictures and one-to-one mentoring and you can hear his other photography podcast which is called breathe pictures wherever you get your podcasts thanks for your questions lifeblood of the shows keep sending them in please because we will get them or kev will get them in spain click at fujicast.co.uk thank you to simpler straps go to s-i-m-p-l-r.us music from blue wednesday and um that's not all our what's what's goodbye in spanish Surely you know goodbye in Spanish. I do. I'm too tired. Oh. Um, uh, Bonsoir, no, that's French. Uh,